Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10. At 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And welcome to this morning's session on the HR updates of the week. Um, given we're live, and I know I uh, shocked Kimberly when I said this last week, but given we're live, if you have a question that you'd like to ask or us to address, I think you can type it in the YouTube comments, and in theory it pops up on the screen, and we might be able to respond to it whilst we're live. And if you like what we're doing, do please click the subscribe button and follow our content on YouTube. Kimberly. Shall we start with that lovely story you found in the press about, uh, I think it's DHL Trades Team, isn't it? Yes, up in Staffordshire. I was just really quite horrified. They have, sorry, my train of thought went then, typical live scenario. Uh, basically, they paid everyone 80% pay, whether they were furloughed or not, last month. And uh, obviously, everyone's upset because they didn't get what they were due. Okay, it's not been paid back till March, but that's down to their pay policies and what have you. But I just think the the enormity of not getting it right when we've been here doing this for a year now. Mm. And the other thing which I just thought was not good management and really disappointing for uh, for the workers there is that they've got people on furlough and then they're hiring, allegedly hiring subcontractors to do the work. And it just doesn't make sense to me. I. I, I think the thing we'd like to say is probably it's bad practice mm. um, and it can't be good for their um, reputational for their PR. The reality is what they've done is they said we'll simplify payroll by paying everyone 80% of their wages regardless of whether or not they're furloughed or not and what we'll do is we'll top up the people who did do some work by the 20% one month later when we know the hours and we don't have to rush to make a complicated payroll. So it really is about simplicity of payroll, simplicity of HR process, without a thought about the well-being um, and financial welfare of their staff. Um, so you and I often talk as HR practitioners um, about that lovely phrase, employee engagement which we think is probably the most important thing to get any part of HR right um, and it seems they have no employee engagement is my conclusion of reading that story well they certainly won't now that's for sure <laughs> they do you know it's interesting because we talk about some employers when we do this and we, we touched on Pimlico plumbers the other week and when we talked about Pimlico plumbers no jab no job um, one or both of us kind of said, yeah, but they do have history at this type of thing. Mm -hmm. And when you sent me that article on DHL Trade Team, I Googled them to see what other things they'd done. And they had some terrible press in May last year where they were shutting sites and making large numbers of people redundant um, as soon as they were able to furlough them. So, uh, do you know, there are some firms out there that have an approach to management of people that politely I might say you and I wouldn't buy into. Um, it doesn't mean people out there don't do it. And the difficult thing is, I don't think they've done anything illegal. I mm. just think they've moved completely the wrong way from what I would call best practice. 
Yeah, and there's been such a rise of a more human-centered leader. Mm. Uh, you remember the research that I did uh, last year. People, leaders are being much more, um, not personal, but, you know, they're much more focusing on the individual. Yeah. And, I, you know, so many are just not doing it, and it's very sad. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I think that follows in, actually. The next thing I wanted to touch on was the impact of the pandemic on the young. I mean, we've been talking for months about how we risk having a lost generation. We know the effects it's had. And obviously, the government have done some great work with things like the apprenticeship incentives that are coming out. Um, but the bit that really strikes me as interesting at the moment is the recent graduate unemployment numbers. In normal times, the recent graduate unemployment figure sits at around 3%. Through last year, it rose to an average of double that, which was 6.3%. But most concerningly, it peaked in the third quarter at 12%. And, do you know, on an individual basis, I can already hear people saying that they don't necessarily have that much sympathy. These are highly qualified people who will find work. But the, we, we just know from past generations of this being the case, if you leave somebody on the unemployment pile, for six months or more, they become much harder to reintegrate into work. Mm. And that's what we've got to focus on, strikes me. It is. It's very sad. And there's such a, an opportunity, I would have thought from a financial aspect for organisations, is rather than hire more senior people, get people in at ground roots level. Okay, you know, one of the things that might be helpful is the apprenticeship scheme, which uh, we were talking about, that was covered in the budget last week. And if people are employed on the from after the 1st of May, uh, they could get a, a benefit of uh, £3,000. And then I think there's also the extra £1,000 if they're between 16 and 18. Did, um, yeah, it's 1st first, first of April to 30th of September is a £3,000 yeah. incentive regardless of the age of the employer. So that should help. The question for me is whether or not people can use that as an opportunity, let's say to hire graduate caliber people who have the potential to grow into future significant roles within your organization, but part finance it, get a contribution towards it with the incentive and put them on a management level um, apprenticeship program actually is a good opportunity in the next six months to say, do you know what, we've taken a kicking over the past year, but let's now invest, get people in, but get people in who can grow and develop and get your people strategy right over the next year. Yes, there's also, will graduates look at an apprenticeship advert and think, I don't want to train to be a plumber or a you know, electrician or whatever, I think there needs to be a lot more education around the higher levels of the yes. apprenticeship scheme. Uh, not the, you know, the ones and the twos, but, you know, the four, five, six, yeah. where they're much more uh, business orientated and they're much higher level. Yes. I mean, there are some companies out there, I mean, one that I, I know of, uh, one of the founders, Corndell, which was a superb organisation investing in management level apprenticeships. And they're doing level fives, level sevens, 
and you look at that end of it, it's a very credible option for mm -hmm. somebody coming in at a graduate level role, um, possibly even not a graduate, but somebody who otherwise would have been, mm -hmm. to come in at that level of role and invest in their future. Um, and now perhaps is the time, because if unemployment is high in that sector, they will be that little bit easier to find and hire, arguably, if you can sell the program to them. Um, and actually you can invest in their future and get an incentive for doing so. So I think there's a good opportunity for employers to look at how this can benefit their organization, but whilst also putting a little bit back to help in terms of some of those unemployment numbers in that age group. Yes, it's heartbreaking to think of those graduates that have just come out of hospitality and leisure type degrees. Mm. You know, they're going to be the hardest hit. There are some sectors that really are going to be. And again, you know, you look at kind of aerospace engineering, similar problems. So there's, there's ranges of our economy that's going to be very badly hit. Look, we're, we're HR in 10 and we're getting through this time rapidly. Um, <laughs> but I did want to talk about, before we wrap up briefly, he says, um, there's been a really interesting piece of research. The Behavioural Insights team have looked at the effect on employment adverts of putting clearly on the face of the ad that there is flexible working or hybrid working or working from home options. And it's massively increased the candidate yield, hasn't it? It has. And, you know, who can wonder why it wouldn't? We've been talking for ages about the fact that people really won't want to go back to being in the office nine to five every day. Uh, and a lot of people have found a better work-life balance working from home. So, of course, it's going to attract more people to apply for roles. Unfortunately, there's places where you can't do that. Mm. Uh, a lot of jobs, you can't work from home. But I, I think it's brilliant. And obviously, the flexible working policy is and uh, law around that is going to have to change uh, going forward. But this is a great way of leading from the front in think, driving that through. I think it is. But I think there's a bigger point here. And there are employers who already, we've, we, we've heard them talking about it. Was it, I think, and I hope I'm getting this right as I'm saying it live, was it KPMG? last week that the yes, chief executive yeah. resigned over comments he made on um, the effects of the pandemic. There are organisations out there where senior people are saying, no, I won't make that change. We'll go back to how we did it before. It will be fine. But the thing that you need to get on board with now is the market is going to drive this change. And mm -hmm. if all your competitors are offering flexible working, the candidates, the applicants are going to choose with their feet where they go to work or perhaps where they stay at home and work. Um, I mean, I remember almost a year ago um, before the pandemic, we ran a seminar at the Sussex Exchange called How to Be an Employer of Choice, which really was looking at attraction and retention. But right now, that is an important point because if you get this right, you will get best pick of the talent out there. And that's the thing I think people need to focus on. And it comes down to trust. We mm. need to help leaders and managers be able to trust their em employees that they yes. are working hard when they're at home. Absolutely. Kimberly, I think we just exceeded our 10 minutes. So thank you as ever. It's been a, a great session. Hope you've enjoyed watching it. Um, and 
do tune in next week for more HR in 10. Lovely. Goodbye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.